talk about education, talk about a wonderful future for our children and how we can get there. Uh, yeah, that, that simulation was a lot of fun. And remember, we had three 17-year-olds. Who were running the show. <laughs> they were fantastic, weren't they? It, it's a proud moment to see the uh, two of them were delegates or commissioners, we'd say, and they had wonderful ideas. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, don't, I want you not to tell me the names because I want to remember. And then the the person who handled the Roberts Rule of Order was another young fellow at Patrick Henry College, and man, he managed us beautifully for three days. Yes, he did. He had us laughing so hard because he knew Roberts Rule of Order way better than we did, and just nailed it as a parliamentarian. That was really fun. Yeah, go to the well. You can't amend an amendment. Please sit down, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> It was really well. Yeah. It was well done, and not only was it well done, but every one of us thought we were Winston Churchill. So we really needed someone like him to be assertive and literally tell us to sit down. Yeah, and he did, didn't he? He kept us in line. Well, I'd like to remind the audience again that WSQF ninety-four point five FM. This is the Concrete Conservative, and we have Brenda McManaman on the air. And uh, you can you can't call us now because Brenda's going to be talking about. Uh, Christian uh, entrepreneurship that basically you developed this uh, as a homeschool curriculum, correct? Well, what I did, uh, if I can start at the beginning, my husband wanted my children to have a business degree if they didn't know what they wanted to do. And that was kind of foreign to me because I was more the calculus and physics type. And so I, I kind of pursued that just... Um, because he requested it, and we stuck our uh, firstborn into the local community college and were really disappointed. Uh, mainly, it, it just wasn't entrepreneurship as much as business management, and we didn't like the environment that was so hostile to Christianity, you know, with the Marxism and the feminism and all that that goes Thank you for it. saying Marxism, because Ed has a problem with calling... No, socialist no. communists, you know. So she's saying Marxism. That's much more polite than that. Well, fine. they were teaching about Karl Marx. Absolutely, holding him as a wonderful person. And so my my son, and we had touched on him a little bit in history and government. And so, you know, he looked at me and he says, "Who is Karl Marx?" And I went over to my bookshelf and I got the Communist Manifesto and we went through it together. And uh, my son has a very strong biblical worldview. He's very strong in economics. And so, um, long story short, we we opted out of that and connected with Dr. Berkler, who uh, developed the Christian Leadership University, which is an online university. And uh, I took his classes and then turned around and taught him to my younger two, and we but, had a but, in a but when you say taught them, so the audience knows, in a homeschool setting. Yes. And okay. that's what homeschoolers do. They learn and then they teach. And what I didn't know until that point is that in the Hebrew culture, the word for learn and teach is the same word. It's lamad. And we all know how much we learn something by teaching it. Right. Yeah, they say and, you don't master a skill until you're able to teach yeah. it. Well, Martin Luther yeah. uh, was asked to teach on Romans, and that was what he was. That's when he really got to know Romans <laughs> by teaching it, right? Right. Yeah, it's you mean the really, Book of Romans? Yeah, it's the really letter. Neat. So, yeah. 
but we were transformed by the classes. We just absolutely loved it. They've got one class, Gifted to Succeed, that teaches the students how to know what their giftings are and then what uh, career fields are good for those giftings. And I never knew that I was gifted to teach. I was teaching just because I wanted to impart a Christian worldview to my children. And uh, because of that class, I shifted. <laughs> and I've been teaching ever since and having a blast. And that's what I really want for young people is to know how they're gifted so that they can, you know that saying, if you're in the right field, you never feel like you work a day in your life. Absolutely. Yeah, I I pretty much uh, underachieved just about any work I've done. And since nobody pays me to do radio, I'm really satisfied. There you go. I feel like I'm overachieving as a radio host. (laughs) Oh, you're doing a great job. But uh, what I did was I took their classes and worked with Dr. Berkler and made a three-year dual enrollment program that starts in the student's freshman year. And people can take these no matter how old they are. But I love the concept in the Jewish culture where they have the bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah, and the young people come into the adult world when they're 12, 13 years old. And I think when you do that, then you avoid the whole time that is so prevalent in our culture where they're kind of drifting until they're 22. Why not challenge them when they're 12 and let them take on adult responsibilities and be mentored or apprenticed and challenged. Well, I've attended a gratitude uh, conference on the urging of a friend of mine. I was trying to get him to to pour out his uh, creative juices here on the radio. I thought he had a lot to offer. So I pleased him and went to the gratitude, uh, gratitude conferences. There's three of them. I only attended the first one. And they call it a drift as well when people just don't insist on bettering themselves and taking that step, you know, no more, no less, find out what the next step is to be revealed. And I'm really happy that you're, you're using the same word because that's the biggest problem with our youth is they're drifting. Yeah. And I don't think it's their fault. I think that's our generation's fault where we need to um, undergird and scaffold and prepare and equip them more. And empower and inspire. Yes, absolutely. So these courses, one of them teaches business as ministry, where you use business to help other people. And so, you know, well, that's how, how business succeeds. Crooked capitalists. No, no, no. That's how a business is about helping other people, and then they pay yeah. you for it. Or compete against you. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, that's, you know, that's always it, allowed. It is the truth. I mean, when you, that's always when you tell somebody your skills, they're open to, to wake up and compete against you. And uh, But you have you, to have competitive skills. You have to have competitive skills. Absolutely. Well, and what do you think about uh, um, economic hardship and still tithing to your faith, to your church, as more important than actually getting out of debt? We've always tithed from the first time we heard that concept. And I think if you're in a church where you know they're teaching the Bible and they're reaching into the community and they're serious about helping people really know the Lord and walk in His ways, tithing is a very exciting concept because 
because impo- it's very okay. empowering. Society mm-hmm. blesses you. <laughs> yeah, he won't. He won't forsake you. Right. And I think that's uh, that's one of the mantras of this country is that God will not forsake us in our endeavors, and we have to realize that it was premised on the fact that we we're always going to be supporting our faith before we supported our our state. Yeah. And, and somehow that's that has it. been lost. People are not as tithing as much because of the damn income tax. Right. Which we know is unconstitutional. Yes, completely made up. Kind of like yeah. uh, the climate change hoax. That that should be one of our amendment proposals with convention states is to repeal that. Well, it's so popular among us. Why isn't it, uh, uh, what isn't it known nationally? Why isn't a convention of states national not making that point that it's really futile you don't repeal 16 and 17. Our next generation, I don't care how educated they are, they're going to be squashed by the state. All their money's going to be gone before they're even 30. Right. It's, it's got to be an issue. I, I'm teaching my students. I have a, a co-op, so I teach all the um, high school history classes every Monday to these homeschooling students. And I practically preach to them every Monday and tell them how wonderful they are and how they're going to save the nation. <laughs> well, you know, when you say save the nation, and then, uh, uh, and then, you know, we laugh about it. The truth is, we haven't given them much a choice. I tell them differently so yeah. that it, so that it shocks them. I say, look, guys, we have screwed you so bad that you are looking down at your phone right now and you have no idea. And some of them. But we've got the cream of the crop, too. When we got to go to Turning Point USA and meet those young people across the nation down in West Palm, that yes. was so inspiring. And did you see that Charlie Kirk recommended that, uh, it, what was it? Was it an executive order that President Trump just passed? Yeah, for freedom of speech he, and campus. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sad that, that the, the executive has to remind the, the educational system, hey, you have to let people speak up in, in, on campus anywhere. None of this safe well, zone. And Cambridge University just excluded Jordan Peterson, the uh, popular uh, yeah, advisor. Yeah. They excluded him because Cambridge is inclusive. Yeah, excluding oh. the psychologists because they're <laughs> they inclusive. They did. Is that a political bipolarity or what? I don't know. This yeah. is, we need yeah. to find a new ways to speak about... Uh, the status movement in our country because it's not even a movement anymore. Mm-hmm. It's it's literally a personality and it's uh, it's an attitude. There's yes. so many people who have grown up believing that for some reason or another, government of some of the people they know that work in it is good, and government right, well, has never been that, good. That's, that's, I'll give you a couple of reasons for that. First of all, they like to boss other people around, so they figure they're going to be among the bureaucrats doing that. So that's one yeah. reason why they think. And the second thing is a lot of people are willing to become dependent on government. And it's, live, an, easy, live it's, an, easy, uh, it's an easy corporate ladder. Live off welfare, do some uh, drug dealing on the side, and you, that you don't have to work a day in your life. It, it's funny. Yeah. Uh, I had a conversation at a racetrack with a complete yep. stranger. Yep. And I don't go to racetracks often. No, but And there, there was a teacher drug dealer talking to me, thinking he was the bomb, you know, like he was the most entrepreneurial guy on the planet. There you he, go. And he, he was a 25-year public school teacher dealing drugs to the students. Go on welfare, work for the government, wow. and deal drugs. That's bad. Yeah, and I wanted to, like, smack him up upside the head, because on top of that, he was a gambler <laughs> with his monies. Yeah. And, 
And he was like, giving us advice. And <laughs> we were like a group of us having a ball. Uh, we were like uh, collectively, if I may say, yeah, uh, gambling on horses. And mm-hmm. one of us, not not I, had a real smell for the racetrack and okay. horses. His father owned a lot of horses, and he was a family of horse track owners in Cuba. So that was like <clears throat> uh, the he flow knew his of, business. Yeah, he, he uh, I'd seemed anyway. So we were up, we were up like seventy bucks, and then we were up by. 700 bucks, and then of course, I'm the first one to say, All right, it's time to cash out, right. let's get out of here. Yeah, and they weren't happy with that, you know. That's when this guy laid in this teacher. He he was like sitting somewhere close in in vicinity of our conversations, and he started uh competing opinions with the, the person we were depending on. Mm-hmm. And there, and and in the drinking and the and the and the alcohol, obviously, the loose uh lips uh sunk the ships, and mm-hmm. he. Came, he came and made these statements, and it was really disgusting. And me being already in this, uh, you know, educational activism, man, I swear to you, I wanted to punch him out. I really this wanted to. This is a government just... school teacher. Yeah, well, man, it was education. just. Education, you know, you nailed it. It really is education, and so we need to um, have volunteers. We need to have fresh ideas, and entrepreneurs are all about that. So if any of your listeners want to learn more about Christian Entrepreneurship as a dual enrollment program, they can go to christianentrepreneurship.biz, B-I-Z, or they can email me at brenda at cluonline.com. That's Christian Leadership University Online. So, yeah, repeat all that since we're on the radio. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, repeat uh, repeat the website again. Okay, Uh, it's either christianentrepreneurship.biz, B-I-Z, or it's brenda at online.com Wow, fantastic. Now, the, the, do, uh, are there any uh, courses where you get college credit before you graduate from high school? That's what it is. Oh, so the whole program is that way? Yeah, it's a, an accredited university. It's registered under the Department of Education in Florida. And uh, so I can get all that information. For oh, so wait a minute, wait a second. I'm missing out on on everything here. Uh, you know, my GED j- just did me in again. Mm-hmm. You 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 are so you're a postgraduate uh, accredited university, not a not in any way because you said freshman when we started when we started talking. Uh, so I immediately uh, assumed that I shouldn't that it was nine through twelve, and then of course uh, upon graduation you actually get college credit. That that's not it at all. You actually, it's a university through and through. Online. Right. Online. Right. So they're actually getting college credit while they're in high school. And it's as it's a three-year program for an associate, but what I'd like to see the young people do is by that time, you know, they walk them through communication classes, leadership classes, and accounting classes. And then the last two quarters, they do a SWOT analysis, and a market research, and in the very last quarter, they write their business plan. And so one of my daughters did a business plan for real estate. She went into that. She's happy as can be. My other daughter wanted to start a business in photography. She wrote her uh, business plan for that, and she's happy as can be. And so it's just fun. It's just fun to see students go into something they're passionate about, have a good foundation. What I'd like to see is if a young man wants to be a mechanic, then find a mechanic in the community and let him apprentice or mentor or, you know, whatever. By that time, by the time they graduate, they know what they want to do. They know if there's a market. And uh, 
you know, then we can help them get mentored or apprenticed and actually get in that field while they're still living at home. Yeah, the, 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 that's definitely the, the biggest problem about all education, including college. You can literally graduate and not have the faintest idea what you're good at after four years, except if you're an attorney, because uh, attorneys only have to look in the mirror, and then they know what they're good at. Oh, so. <laughs> well, wait, the statistics are more of our students are going bankrupt than are graduating. Yes, you you made that point uh, by email. Oh, Please yeah. elaborate on that, because that, 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 goes, that dovetails with something I said earlier today. Well, one thing I do is give scholarships for any type of ministry, that the students are doing. It's an earned scholarship. Any of the students can do that because I don't want to overcharge. A lot of these universities are unbelievably expensive, and so they take out loans, and they don't even know really what they want to do when they get out, and they're just getting trapped, and we've got to stop that cycle. So this is one way to do it, and I'm having a blast. Well, uh, tell uh, tell our audience what they what are they expected to uh, be spending per academic year? Because they're also uh, going to a public school or p- perhaps a private school while they're taking your courses, correct? Yeah, yeah. And the first year, including the books, is less than sixteen hundred dollars. So sixteen hundred dollars every year for the four years, basically. For the three three years, and then they'll have an associate in uh, Christian entrepreneurship and. Uh, every quarter they do a different Bible study. So they go from Genesis to Revelation in three years. So they have a good, solid biblical understanding. And that's one of the things I'm concerned about is a lot of people aren't reading the Bible, and we really need to. A lot of people, no one is. <laughs> oh, come on. I get only Ed, daily only readings. Only Ed is reading the Bible, he says, you know. Since daily f- readings. Yeah. He, uh, uh, do you do daily readings at breakfast time or at night? Oh, whenever. Whenever I send you an email, you're reading the Bible. That's why you don't read my emails. Yep. <laughs> That's basically it. Well, you know, th- uh, thank you for this call. I, I think it's awesome that um, that these uh, these online programs obviously uh, can be used, obviously, in the submission papers for other colleges afterwards, correct? If they want to go to yeah. another university, these credits transfer? Well, they have to. What, what I recommend for parents and for students is to sit down and have a really good talk and discern what each student wants to do and what training they need and then work toward that. So anyone that wanted to be a doctor or a lawyer or a public school teacher, there's a certain track that they have to go through. If they want to start a business, they literally want to start a business, then this is a very good option for them. Okay, now let me pose this scenario for you. I'm just being creative here. Let's suppose a school has converted to charter and the parent uh, guardianship uh, decides to bring you on in a very public manner. uh, is your uh, is your stuff all pre-recorded? And is there any FaceTime with you or any other instructor? It's all online, faceless. Well, that's a good question. I am training people. I'm I'm training people that minister in jails. They want to take this program into the jails so that these people can start businesses and not be repeat offenders and wind up back in jail. They can actually break that cycle. I've got another. Um, 
school where I'm going to be teaching that's in a very low-income area, and they're very excited about having me come in, and there's several teachers and a principal that want to be trained so they can teach. Um, so there's a lot of different options. Some of my students across the nation are very independent. They take the classes online, and they can take it at their own pace. What I find, especially in high school, is kids like the accountability. They like the face-to-face, -face. and so I think it's really fun, especially in high school, to um, work with a group and go in one day a week. That's how I do it. And so there might be people in your audience that would love to do that, would love to be a teacher, and so they can reach out to me, and um, I would love to develop the concept of working in charter schools and uh, so if anyone's interested in that, because you could literally go one day a week. It would be kind of like a club, so the students would opt in because it is Christian. You know, you don't want to force that, but there's a lot of people if it was a, a you know. No, so, yeah, it could be a uh, college elective in a way, since it exactly. is. Exactly. Yeah, so there's, uh, I'm sure, in, uh, the, uh, there's so many wide open things that could happen if we can just get the law changed that I used back in 2013 so that parents can reset the orbit in public school education and take back your actual school building. Because I love that. So you said you're talking to somebody? Is that going to be a bill this uh, session? No, I just, I, just, I just started the conversation today with Ms., uh, Senator Hudson's uh, legal assistant. I was got on the call with him pretty quickly, so that was very cool. No voicemail or nothing. I, I started speaking to him. And like always, I'm always flabbergasted at elected officials not really knowing about a, a direct ballot parent trigger law in Florida, and the only state that has it is Florida. And I can't believe that no one knows a hill of beans of what I did back in 2013. Most of the politicians have been termed out. He said he would read the site. He has a bill, uh, his senator has a bill called SB 1168 that you should look into because... It's college sponsorships of of schools, of charter schools. Now, I have a tough time in this narrative because the truth is that if I amend this law, I don't want them to be called charter schools anymore because you won't be paying rent for the school facility you just took back through the election. So you're getting these buildings and you're saving all this money and you're saving surpluses annually to rebuild the the school situation, either because it's dilapidated or to expand it because of overcrowding. So I don't want it to be called a charter school, but I do want the idea of a corporation in the neighborhood that employs, I don't know, uh, a good portion of the neighborhood to actually sponsor the new parent guardianship school. Because that's what I call them because, uh, quite frankly, you gave me your blessing a couple of years ago about changing the name from governing school to parent guardianship school. And I just kept I just kept the website the same because I was already built, but uh, it's a parent guardianship school model for public schools, and it takes the superintendent out, and the teachers stay in the pension system, meaning they keep their benefits. Once you win these elections, they're free to join you or free to go back to public schools in another school facility. Government schools. Yeah, government I schools. Love that. So imagine if the, if, if the universities okay. can sponsor it, and you all come in and offer the curriculum. Yeah. It, it, there's no reason why it can't be Christian. Those who don't want it, don't like it. Hey, you don't take you don't take the elective. Mm -hmm. Plain and simple. 
There's a, yeah. I, I mean, I'm limited to uh, the education part. I would definitely have to hand that off to people like you. I'm only interested in getting the law changed. That's all. That's my my role is the to be the bulldog or the bull in the in the china shop, and just get this law changed, and then I can rest in peace because I there it is sitting there, and I uh, spoke to other people. You know a gentleman by the name of Keith Flaw. Yes. Well, Keith. I connected you with Keith Flaw through uh, through Ed, right? Or through uh, well, I, I spoke to him just. Three or four days ago. Uh, again, he had no idea what I had done in 2013, didn't know there was a direct ballot trigger law. And I told him that what he's attempting to do will take a lot longer, slow boat to China approach without parents involved. If parents take back their schools inside a public school, then his curriculum and your curriculum can accelerate and reach more kids faster. We don't have yeah. much we don't have much time. You see what well, then he was really excited. What did he say? Well, that he was going to read my website, and he said that he had a pending bill that he was addressing in Tallahassee at the moment, so he couldn't read it right away, and maybe you could reach out to him and ask him if he did. Every time he posts something on that Facebook page that we, Florida's uh, Get Rid of Education website or something, every time he yeah. posts, I make a comment, and quite frankly, uh, I, I get no response. I, I really don't know who's listening to me or what, but... It's the center of the universe, and if people keep on ignoring the fact that there's a law that needs to be amended so that parents can take back their schools, everybody's wasting a lot of time, and therefore wasting my time. So it's really unfortunate, but there's no other way. It does take people a while to connect and get the vision, but keep up the good work, because I think that is part of the solution, and I'm very excited about it. I I sent your website to Keith in the first place. Jeez. I, would, I, I want you two to connect, so I will text him and let him know that you're a friend of mine and a little bit no, of... No, and that you were just live here on the radio, because I'm not so sure he realizes that I do radio as well. I don't think I got yeah. in, I don't think I got into it with him about that. Well, but maybe he could be a guest at some point. I would love to, yeah. Both of you together, mm-hmm. calling. Yep, yep, let's do it. All righty, well, the, uh, on to the next call, and thank you very much. We'll talk thank to you. Thank God you, Brenda. Y'all. All righty. Let's move, let's move this along. Take care. <clears throat> yeah, see? Uh, I recall uh, calling to the, uh, this gentleman, Keith Flaw, mm-hmm. by another person. And I do remember her originally talking to me about it. And look how much had to happen. Months went by, me forgetting, the person ever calling me. And then this... Uh, more Action Jackson type political operative calls me and says, hey, get on the phone with this person today. He's expecting your call. And sure enough, that's what happened. Yep. So you see how a lot of people had the best of intentions, but if you don't get it, you don't get it. And that's really unfortunate because there is no other way around this. Either you put parents back in schools because that's how the nation was founded mm-hmm. on homeschooling. What Brenda's teaching kids is how we started back in the right. 1600s. Right. We didn't have a choice. The people knowledgeable in town taught the skills. They each came and did different things. And that's basically it. So now it's Statues and Stories, isn't it? Statues and Stories with Adam Levinson. If you like our programming on WSQF 94.5 in Key Biscayne, you can also hear us very far away nationwide, WSQFradio.com. And if you like our audio files and our subject matter, subscribe to YouTube, Mac on the Rock Rampage. 
Take care and stay free.